we've been talking over the last few weeks about the culture of the church and what the culture of the church should look like and what you should expect when you come into any any body of Christ. And there's going to be a few differences, a few variances, but I want to talk to you this morning about one of the aspects of the body of Christ, the church, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I know spring is coming, and when spring is coming, we do uh, spring cleaning. You ever do that, spring cleaning? I have found a great friend. I love this new friend. It has blessed me in so many ways. It's called Marketplace. Because I needed room for my car in the garage, but my wife and my daughters had stuff in the spot where I wanted to put my car. Did you know that you can put somebody else's stuff on Marketplace and sell it? It works really well. In fact, Nancy came up to me and said, hey, where are, all, where are those chargers that we had? And I said, I sold them. And I kept the money. It's great, slowly but surely, I am, I am getting a spot that I want. It, and it's, but it's incredible, you know, that when you, when you uh, get rid of stuff, you have this nice, clean spot so you can put more stuff there. But it's spring cleaning around our house. Every once, it's just going to hit one week. I know it's going to happen one week. We're going to wake up and say, it's time to spring clean. And that's when you not just clean the house, but you have to move all the, all the couches, and you have to scrub all the baseboards, and you have to open up all the windows and let all the geckos in, and all of that good stuff. You have to clean and really, really clean. We, we had a couple of friends in, in California, and they were, uh, they were small people, little people. And every time that they would come over for dinner, my wife would make me get on my hands and knees and, and look for little fingerprints from our, from our daughters to make, because the perspective, you know, because you wanted to make sure everything was clean. And it's amazing when you're standing, everything looked clean, but when you're down on your knees, you would see things that you normally wouldn't see. So cleaning is, is essential. And when Paul is talking to the church in, in Corinth, He's talking to them about being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he, and he talks to them, if you'd change that slide for me, in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, he's talking to this church that has allowed all of these things to enter into the culture of the church, things that should not be there, things that should not be in their life, that they shouldn't be practicing, that they shouldn't be um, believing and trusting in. And he has gone through this list, and he's trying to encourage them to become closer to the Lord. And, and he says in 2 Corinthians 7.1, he says, Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of the reverence for God. What he is saying is to the church in Corinth, you need to do a little spring cleaning. You've allowed some things in your life that shouldn't be there. And if you really want to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, you need to kind of clean them out and make more room for the presence of God. You say, since we had these great promises, and you say, well, what are those promises? If you turn to that next slide, please. Those promises are simply this. 
He said, for we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk with them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. It's important to know what Paul is referring to, that we are the temple of God. The temple was designed to be a place where people met with the Lord. And when you walked in, and I've mentioned this before, but it had various areas in the temple. But when you walked into the, the holy place, it had a, a table with bread on one side and then a, a lampstand on another. And then right in front of it had the, the altar of incense that was for worship and offering uh, prayers of thanksgiving. And then, be, then there was a veil, and behind the veil was the Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God dwelt. And only the high priest could go in there one time a year, and he offered blood, a sacrifice for the sins of, of the people to roll them ahead. And Paul, telling the church in Corinth, he says, we're the temple of God, that we are the holiest of holies. We are the place where the presence of God dwells. Now, I, don't, I like to come in here during the week, and, and even like last week, week before, we had an amazing service, and we came in, came in that evening, and you could still feel God's presence in here. But the reality is, that is not the temple of God. This church, this building is not the temple of God. If you really want to look at the temple of God, you have to stare in the mirror because if you have the Spirit of God in you, you are the temple of God. Think about that for a moment. You are the residing place of the creator of the heavens and the earth. What does that mean to us? Well, when Adam and Eve, when they were created and they were in the garden before they fell, they had a relationship with God like no other because there was no sin. We, we have this relationship with God, but we have to fight our sinful nature. We have to fight not wanting to do what is right. But Adam and Eve didn't have that. There was no sin. There was no understanding of sin. There was just a relationship with God and a commandment to not touch that tree. They had a relationship with him, but when they, when they sinned, when they fell, sin put a barrier between humanity and God. And throughout history, we see where, where God was always continually trying to, to bring people to him. And he, and he did that through various ways, through the, through the law. And he, and he brought Israel out of Egypt, and he gave them the law so they could live in a relationship with him. But there was always this barrier of sin. There was always a barrier that kept them from having that relationship with God that God wanted to have and that man craves to have. Then Christ came. Scripture says that, that Christ broke down that wall of partition. He broke or tore the veil when, when Christ was on the cross and he said, it is finished. That veil, which represented a separation between man and God, was ripped in the temple from the top to the bottom. And it wasn't just so to let man in, but it was to let God out into our lives. 
because of what Christ has done. Because of the work of the cross. Because of the sacrifice that Christ was our substitute. We now have the opportunity to have a relationship with God that the people in the Old Testament only dreamed of having. For they had the presence of God with them. We have the presence of God in us. Because sin has been eradicated, has been forgiven, and we have been set free from the bondage of sin. Scripture says if you are a child of God, you have the Spirit of God. And if anybody does not have the Spirit of God, that, that he is not the child of God. So it's very simple that, that we, as followers of Christ, have the spirit of the living God within us. And Paul is encouraging the church in Corinth, and, and I believe that the Lord is encouraging myself and encouraging us and, and his believers in this day and time to, to realize that if you want to have more of him, you have to make more room for him. That we can allow things, weights and sins to get into our life that affect us and change us and, and, and change our logic and change our thinking. But the reality is, if you want more of God, you can have more of God. If you want a closer relationship with Him, you can have a closer relationship with Him. If you want to hear His voice, He is speaking and He will speak to you in a way that you understand. You can be as close to God as you want to be, but it comes at a price. Paul was telling the church, he said, we're the temple of the living God, and, and, and he's going to walk with us and be in us, and he is going to be our God, and we are going to be his people. So then he goes on to say, if you would if you'd back that slide up once, please. He said, since we have these promises that we're the temple of God, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. I want you to look at that for a moment. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. I, I love that word purify. It means remove all, all the things that you don't need to have in there. If you're going to purify water, you're going to, you, you know, when we go over to uh, Honduras and some of the other uh, countries, third world countries, some, a lot of times we'll put in water purification systems to help people have drinking water because things can get in the water that are not good for the body and, and, and if you don't have any, if you don't have clean water you can't drink it. So we have a, a water purification system and, and what Paul is telling the church, he says you need to purify, you need to cleanse your temple. You need to get rid of those things in your life that, that hinder your relationship with God. Can I, can I share with you, and, I, and this, is not, this is free, but I think the, the reality is that before we knew the Lord and before we walked with the Christ, that, that there is a hole that's in each and every one of us where the presence of God is designed to dwell. And we have tried to fill that hole with many things in this life. We've tried to fill that, that hole with the things that... that uh, please this flesh we try to 
fill it with the things that, that please the spirit, like, like uh, jealousy and anger and malice and all of those other things. But there is nothing in this world that can fill that hole, that, that void in your life, other than God himself. We are spiritual beings in an earthly temple. We're not temples with a spirit. We are spiritual beings in an earthly temple. It just so happens that this earthly temple has been corrupted and it has death pronounced on it. And it wants to do the things that, that go against what God wants us to do. And the real choice of any Christian is simply this. Are you going to follow after the Spirit of God or are you going to follow after your flesh? And when we follow after the Spirit of God, things begin to change within us. Paul said, go ahead and purify yourself. So what contaminates the body? It's those things that, that we would misuse in this life, that would abuse this, this flesh. Colossians 2.13 says, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. What, what he is saying is you had not given your, your body, your flesh, over to the Lord. Don't you know the scripture says that, that we are not our own, that this body belongs to God, that we're not our own. We don't have the opportunity or the luxury to do and live according to the way we think we should live. And you say, well, well, pastor, that's kind of harsh. No, that's the word of God. The word of God said, be holy for I am holy. You say, well, why, why should I purify my life? Why should I, I live in accordance with the word of God? Because it will set you free. Because when I'm living for myself, I'm living toward this life. When I'm living toward the spirit, I'm living for the life to come. When I'm focused on this life, my, my spiritual being becomes trapped and entangled. But when I'm living for God, my spiritual being becomes alive and real and fresh. And I can see. I can see through the eyes of eternity. And I'm not living for this moment, but I'm living in light of eternity. He said, purify yourself. And then he said, we need to not only purify, but perfect holiness. I love that. Perfect holiness. Practice, work on it. Develop holiness in your life. This is what Paul wrote in Romans 8.1. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Perfecting holiness. You know what that tells me? That we have a choice. We're not only called to purify ourselves by renouncing things, but we get to perfect holiness. We get to choose to do what is right. We get to choose what God is prompting us to do versus what we want to do. And I would, I would love to be able to stand up here and tell you that I do everything exactly the way the Lord wants me to do it. But I don't believe in lying. I think all of us have that opportunity or those times in our lives that we follow after what we want to do. Thanks be to God that he loves us and offers us mercy and grace every single day.
We need to perfect them. True Christianity is, is seen by the perfection of holiness and the results of holiness in our life. The results of walking and, per, and perfecting holiness in our lives is the fruit of the Spirit. Because when we begin to walk after the Spirit, we're making choices. That walk means to, to walk or to live in accordance with Him, to walk in cadence with Him, to, to hear the voice of the Spirit in our life and obey and be obedient to the voice of, of the Spirit of God in our life. And when that happens, we'll begin to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in our life will be filled with joy, with, with love, with peace, with goodness, with meekness, with, with temperance. And there is no law against these things. The perfection of, of the Spirit is obedience to the Spirit. And obedience to the, the Spirit produces in us the fruit of the Spirit. Scripture tells us that the fruit of the flesh is, is is malice and, and envy and jealousy and hatred and emulations and all these things that, that bind up our spirit on the inside, but the fruit of the spirit only comes through obedience to the spirit and saying, Father, not my will, but your will be done and allowing the presence of God to have full reign in us. And it brings me to this point. So we're to, to purify ourselves and we're, and, and we're to perfect. But the reality is without pursuing it, by pursuing it, it simply means having a desire to be close to the Lord. Knowing why. I grew up in, and maybe, maybe you guys did as well, where, where church was just a list of do's and don'ts. More don'ts than do's. In fact, the do list was really little. The don't list was really long. And, and, and you didn't do a lot of things because they just told you not to do them. But nobody ever told us why. Why should you not do these things? I'm here today to tell you why. Aren't you glad? The age-old question, I'm going to tell you why. Why should we live a holy life? Because that's the only way to allow more of the presence of God in us. In that hole that we had in, that, in our life that can only be filled with, with God, the closer we get to him, the more of his presence is with us. And there is uniting of our spirit with the spirit of the living God. And it's a relationship that can only be had when we're pursuing him, passionately following him why why do you want to be holy why do you want to live a certain lifestyle so we can look and say look i didn't do all these things look how good i am no that's what the bible talks about as a pharisee as a hypocrite as somebody that's pretentious 
self-righteousness. Why do you want to live in accordance to, to holiness? There's only one reason you should be, and there's only one reason and way to keep that, and it's simply this. Having not seen him, you love him. There are many things in our, in our life that we will do for love that we would not do in any other way. Peter telling, talking to the church, he said, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Why should I pursue after God? Why, uh, if, if I know him and, and I feel his presence, why should I not have more of the presence of God? Why not? What keeps me from wanting more of God? I was talking with Dave. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back up. I was talking with Dave this week. Dave, Dave Wenger is, I would say was, but is an amazing man. Has lived for Christ his entire life. Always done what is right. Loves his family, loves God. And this week, I was praying with him and he said, Pastor, don't pray for my healing. Pray for my deliverance. Hmm. Every day I would go by, and every day I would feel God's presence in that room. And there was no fear in him. In fact, his only concern was that his family was going to be okay. So there's no fear in love. When Dave transitioned this life into the next, he wasn't worried. He wasn't fearful. But there was a longing in him to see his Savior. You say, why, why should I allow more of the presence of God in my life? Why should I uh, get rid of all of those things in my life that, that, that bind my spirit? Why should I draw closer to God? Because there is not another relationship in this world or in the world to come that is more important, that's more meaningful, that's more beneficial than knowing the creator of the heavens and the earth. Paul said it this way. He'd been walking with the Lord for 40 years, and he said, oh, that I might know him. There was a drive, there was a passion in his life that he wanted less of himself and more of God because the more he had of God, the closer he was to God. And the closer he was to God, the more intimate his relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. 
And have you ever noticed when you're hanging around somebody, they just kind of rub off on you? When you're hanging around the Lord, His personality is so commanding that it just kind of rubs off on you. Would you stand with me? judging anybody's relationship with God. Not judging yours. I'm not even judging mine. I am saying that from time to time in our life, I think we need to go through and do a spring cleaning and kind of look at ourselves and examine ourselves and move out all of those things that, that hinder our relationship with God whether it's a physical act in our life or if it's something spiritual that, that hinders our spirit like, like anger or animosity or unforgiveness. All of these things that, that twist our thinking and our logic away from God. And, and it's important that we look at our lives and say, I am going to lay these things aside and invite the presence of God into my life. the only thing that happens the most important thing rather that happens when you have more of the presence of God in your life is a great desire to even increase it more and more that's why the scripture says to lay aside every weight that so easily besets us we are the temple we are the temple the living God. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you 